From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday the 29th of March 2023. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we run through the fallout between Israel and the US. This isn't the only thing happening in the world though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories. And in our exclusive Nebula section, we run through the feud between Starmer and Corbyn. But first, what's going on between Israel and the US? The US-Israel alliance is a partnership that has endured for decades. Whether it's a Republican or a Democrat occupying the White House, US presidents tend to offer unwavering support and generally keep their criticisms and concerns for discussions behind closed doors. But as Israel experiences unprecedented protests and unrest in opposition to the government's plans to overhaul the judicial system, there's been a rare bout of public disagreement between Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and US President Joe Biden. Speaking to reporters in North Carolina, Biden said, I hope he walks away from it, referring to Netanyahu's judicial reform. Like many strong supporters of Israel, I'm very concerned they cannot continue down this road. He went on to say that he hopes Netanyahu will act in a way that he will try to work out some genuine compromise, but that remains to be seen. Reporters asked if he was considering inviting Netanyahu to the White House, to which Biden responded, no, not in the near term. Netanyahu rapidly issued a statement responding to Biden's comments, which said, Israel is a sovereign country, which makes its decisions by the will of its people and not based on pressures from abroad, including from the best of friends. Netanyahu did note, however, that the US-Israel alliance is unbreakable and always overcomes the occasional disagreements between us. Netanyahu's opponents have seized on the relatively icy exchange, with opposition leader Yair Lapid tweeting that Israel was the US's closest ally for decades, but the most extreme government in the country's history ruined it in three months. As we've covered earlier this week, Netanyahu announced he would pause his judicial overhaul plans after an unprecedented day of action on Monday. Israel's largest trade union had launched a general strike that effectively shut down hospitals, universities, ports and the international airport, while massive crowds took to the streets. Protests had been ongoing since the laws were announced and opponents came from wide sections of Israeli society, including business leaders, workers, military reservists, opposition politicians, civil groups and more. Netanyahu said the delay is to allow for dialogue and to avoid a civil war, but it's unclear exactly how things will play out from here. Protest organisers have vowed to keep up the pressure on the government and want the overhaul, which they say amounts to a judicial coup, scrapped early. The government says the changes are necessary and that it has an electoral mandate to carry them out. We released a full video on the topic over on TLDR Global. Okay, so that's our main story for today, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. Russia has today been conducting intercontinental ballistic missile drills in an attempt by President Vladimir Putin to demonstrate his country's nuclear capabilities and military strength. As part of this demonstration, more than 3,000 military personnel and 300 pieces of equipment are now on show. The main set piece of the show was the Yars Mobile Systems, which replaced the old Topol system. 
During the exercises, the Yars system is going to conduct manoeuvres in three different Russian regions. While this is all taking place publicly, we don't actually know that much about the Yars system. It's assumed they have an operational range of about 12,000 kilometers, or 7,500 miles, and are able to carry multiple nuclear weapons. Some military bloggers also claim that the systems can carry multiple independently targetable nuclear warheads, and can be mounted on truck carriers or in silos. This is not confirmed though. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Moving to Kenya now, where huge protests have taken place at the home of the Kenyan president. The protests are taking place in response to the outcome of the recent election. The protesters accused President Ruto of rigging the election last year. The protesters this week have set fire to a farm owned by former Kenyan president Kenyatta, with no police in sight. Some were carrying machetes and others were spotted stealing sheep. So far, one man has been shot dead, according to the AFP, and police fire has also killed a university student since the demonstrations began last Monday. Speaking about the protest, Ruto said that my position as president is that the property, the life of everybody, Kenyans and foreigners, will be protected by the government of Kenya, and that the police have been granted operational and financial independence to work. He added that it's their duty to ensure that everyone adheres to the rule of law. Amsterdam has launched a campaign aimed at keeping out young British men who are seeking a messy night in the Dutch capital. Local residents have long complained of the antisocial behaviour and disruption caused by drunken tourists who overdo it on the drinks, cannabis coffee shops and red light district. One advert showed a young man stumbling down a street before being handcuffed by police, fingerprinted and having his mugshot taken. The captions say, coming to Amsterdam for a messy night and getting trashed equals 140 euro fine and a criminal record. Stay away. The campaign is initially targeting British men aged between 18 and 35, but could be expanded to other tourists in the course of the year. Some critics say the ad campaign plays off unfair stereotypes and are discriminatory. We'll end the main section of today's episode with some uplifting news from Sweden, where more than a quarter of the country's electricity came from wind power for two consecutive months. Wind energy generation stood at 26% in January, which was a new record that was promptly beaten in February when it hit 27%. Energy think tank Ember said the milestone showed a push for renewables was paying off, and that higher wind generation makes Sweden's grid more resilient against droughts and protects consumers from high costs. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of the feud between Starmer and Corbyn, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. That's the streaming service we're building with a bunch of our creator friends, many of whom you're likely to be already watching. That means that by signing up, you not only get an extended ad-free daily briefing every single day, you also get to watch exclusive and ad-free videos from the best educational creators on YouTube. That's things like Real Life Law's incredible Modern Conflicts, which breaks down contemporary disputes around the world, Neo's Underexposure, which beautifully dives into complex and shadowy topics you've always wanted to know more about, or Extremities from Wendover Productions, which uncovers some of the world's most remote places. 
All of these are only available on Nebula, just like our extended daily briefings and a whole bunch of other exclusive TLDR content which never comes to YouTube. If you want to sign up, use the link in the description so that they know you came through us. That helps us out a whole lot, as does watching on Nebula more generally. So thanks for signing up and we'll see you on Nebula.